tell me about this, right? You've been out on a shoot before. You're like, I need to capture this moment. The crows are on the, on the branch <laughs> over there or the moose is right there. And then all of a sudden you take a couple of snaps and it just doesn't come in so great, right? Or there's, you went out and shot all day and you kind of had some perfect moments you maybe could have captured, but you didn't. And all of a sudden that doubt creeps in. Mm. What do you do? How do you feel? How do you deal with that? Calm down. Mm. Just really like do the opposite of what your body wants to do, which is freak out, calm down. But I think for me, it's because like I practice free diving and because of that breath work and meditation. So it's like the natural instinct. Mm -hmm. It's like you're deep in the water, just calm down, you know? So mm. in any, anywhere that it's supposed to be stressful, it's like okay, calm down and then you just think better. So it actually happened with the moose, the white, my white balance was completely off. Like the snow <laughs> was like fluorescent. <laughs> Welcome to the Superhero Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Archangel. Hello, superheroes. Welcome to the Superhero Academy Podcast. My name is Marcangelo Coppola, and my mission is simple, to make you a better storyteller. So whether you're an entrepreneur, creative, or influencer, my goal is to kind of entertain you. It's to show you and introduce you to amazing people. It's to help you solve that problem of the digital cricket. Oh, that didn't work. I, I missed the button over there. But now, now you heard the digital creep because here's the truth. So many of you create amazing content or you want to create amazing content, but sometimes you post it out on Facebook or Instagram and nobody sees it. The algorithms, they get, they get to you. They bring out that digital cricket and well, your mom and that one friend from high school, they give you a little thumbs up and you go and yeah, that's not great. You didn't spend hours and hours and hours creating a bunch of amazing content so that nobody could see it. So that being said, normally I say some other things in the intro here, but today I've got a very special guest. I'm super excited for you to meet this amazing creator. I'm going to I'm going to call her a creator because well that's what I that's what I would call you. Would you that's say you're a creator? I, I would say I'm a creator. Okay. So Jessica <laughs> Racanelli, she's an amazing creator, uh, Montreal based. Uh, we're here in Montreal if you don't already know. Um, and she has just I, I'm blown away by the content that you create on Instagram Thank as a you. photographer, that the work that you seemingly do as a director, making, you know, not only stuff for your own brand, but also for other brands. Um, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me here. Mm. I'm excited to chat with you. Yeah, yeah, I'm super excited. Okay, so tradition, when I bring on a creator, mm -hmm. the first thing everyone wants to know is, what's your Instagram handle? And they want to see the amazing, beautiful content that you create. So... So Give, at yeah at Buddha.Ventura. yeah so you've got uh, you've got some really good stuff I'm not gonna lie you've got I mean look there's everything from videos that you shot and created for Corona which by the way bravo that yes. like was super <laughs> epic and beautiful but you've just got such amazing content like some of it is just really next level and it's it's kind of a, a vibe between you know I want to say outdoorsy woman wild empowerment kind of vibe is, is something that mm. comes forward for me. And, and I want to ask you about, about one of those, you know, the, what wild means to you. Um, but it's just, you know, beautiful cottages sprinkled all over Quebec or chalets or whatever it is, whatever you want to call them. Um, and just, I mean, animal photography, underwater photography, landscape photography, uh, you name it. Wow. I'm deeply, deeply, deeply impressed by, by the content that you've created. So, uh, tell me, Jessica, how the hell did you start 
how the hell do you get so good at making and taking photos? Firstly, thank you for sharing how you felt on my page because mm. I find that it's always different for everyone. And let's say if I want to provoke a feeling, yeah. maybe that's not the feeling that you're you're getting. Experiencing. So mm. it's interesting. I haven't gotten that one before. Mm. Women empower empowerment. Um, and then you said, how did I start? How did I start this how journey? Did, how did you start this journey? Like, when? Mm. Did, where did you, at what point did you start picking up a camera and saying, you know what, I'm going to take beautiful photos and I'm going to post them on Instagram? So I picked up a camera way before I wanted to post them on Instagram, to be honest. Okay. Mm -hmm. I started traveling. I think I fell in love with travel before I fell in love with photography. Okay. I'm someone who really wants to experience the moment. Um, so for me, having a camera in my hand, I felt like it was going to ruin that. Mm. And then the more I traveled, the more I was like, I wanted to be deeper in, in, and I wanted to capture and I wanted to relive these moments. Mm -hmm. So that's where the camera kind of came in. I got it as a gift, okay. uh, on my first trip. Uh, the first trip I had my camera was in South Africa. Wow. So when was that? you can imagine, I'd say six, seven years ago. Okay. And when was your first like backpacking trip? Like when did you leave? Where did you go? Thailand ah, for course. six weeks and I did not take a backpack. <laughs> I took a luggage Ooh. and I was, yeah, <laughs> really rookie mistake. I was not mm -hmm. ready to be a traveler. Let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, so when you have to get off those uh, long tail boats and yeah. walk in the water and yep. you have to have your backpack, well, my luggage was over my head. I needed like two people to help me. You were definitely learning some lessons. It was ridiculous. Mm. Um, and then from there, from Thailand, we went to Bali, okay. uh, Indonesia. And that was my first big trip. And I'd say I came back like a whole different person. I don't know if you've been to Thailand. I've never actually been to Thailand no? nor Bali. It's well, like the two places yeah. that everyone's like, what? What? You've been <laughs> ever? You've been to Madagascar? You haven't you've been to been Bali? You've been to Madagascar? <laughs> You'll have to tell me I about have. that. I have. I will definitely tell you about that. But the, I, yeah, I mean, I think Thailand is like backpackers 101, mm -hmm. right? It's like the first place where you go, you go to the full moon party, you take some mushrooms, yes. people lose their mind. You're like, I'm a changed human. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're like, I want to travel for the rest of my life, right? That's exactly, basically what happened, right? Exactly. Like the full moon party was on my birthday, actually. Oh, and I got this tattoo on that day oh amazing yeah so it was a cool experience altogether. um cool. if you're gonna drink at the full moon party <laughs> cover your bucket with a shower cap <laughs> mm, <laughs> yeah before somebody puts yeah. slips something into your mm -hmm. drink man good it's to know it's a fun time yeah and then south africa so i mean it's an amazing place to have a camera no kidding. I only had my kit lens, 18 to 35 okay. style on my Canon Rebel. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like basic, Canon. yeah, you basic started camera. off in that Canon, Canon life. Same yeah. here. Yeah, I get you, it. You too? I was a Canon 60D. I didn't mm -hmm. have the Rebel. I had a 60D was my first camera. It was because it was I was obsessed with video. And so at the time, the 60D was like the one that had uh, like more video capacity. And it was just kind of... It was cheap, but it wasn't super cheap or whatever. It had like, you know, the capacity to do all the right things. But I very quickly upgraded to the 5D Mark II. And that's, that was like, that's when I really got into photo video. Amazing that you got into video right away. That's... I, I think I've just always been obsessed with moving pictures and sound. Because mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with storytelling. And photography has, if probably arguably is a better vehicle for storytelling in some ways because it leaves more to interpretation. Um, but I think there was just something about capturing events and things that I was creating and doing and how it just felt so new. Because video at that time was 
very undemocratic. It's like you had to have this big machinery. You had to have all these expensive everything, expensive mics, expensive lights, all these things. And people still believe that Or today. just a GoPro. Yeah, oh, but yeah. at the time, GoPros and the audio was, I don't know, it was, mm-hmm. it was more difficult, right? Yeah, it was. So it, and, and we didn't have... You know, cell phones weren't really a thing. Like, they were, but, you know, we weren't, it wasn't the quality that we had today. Mm-hmm. So DSLRs really changed the entire landscape. I mean, it, you know, people talk about the brilliance of the invention of Instagram, but Instagram grows because DSLRs grow at the same time, right? It's really both things coming together that make this whole resurgence of, of what is now a job and now yeah. a, a whole lifestyle. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, so you're in South Africa. You've got a kit lens. You're shooting. And my tour guide was a photographer. Mm. So that helped me a lot. He had a Canon camera as well. Mm -hmm. And he was such a sweetheart. Like he put his zoom lens on my camera and he's like, shoot. Mm. So he really encouraged me. He was showing me all the settings. I went from automatic to like not full manual, but you know, like maybe aperture priority or something like that. Um, And I I was hooked. Like after that, I remember coming back home and we put the SD card on the big screen TV and the pictures were like magnificent compared to what, what it comes out on your phone. Yeah. Like, you can blow it up and it's just crisp. Amazing. Yeah. So everyone really loved it. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to keep shooting. I, I kept documenting my travels. And then one day I just, I had this epiphany while I was traveling and I wanted to travel differently. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to travel slowly. I didn't want to go to Thailand for six weeks and move every single day. You know, like I really wanted to get deep in a place, like mm-hmm. learn the culture, um, see Use how can locals. I give back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like ecotourism. Mm-hmm. And that shift happened and I just felt like I need to share this. Mm. And that's where Buddha Ventura came. Like I wanted it to be my journey throughout how I changed my travels. Mm. And then maybe like people will be inspired to want to do the same, you know, like travel more consciously. Mm. Um, And through that, like through creating photos and videos by documenting like my own travels, then slowly, slowly working with with brands and like uh, cabins around Quebec. Mm -hmm. And then from there, like creating like videos and films and it just kept growing and growing and growing into what it is today so what is it today? what is it today today (laughs) so it went from just like traveling as a conscious traveler like blog style i guess Mm -hmm. to now i want to create media to have a positive impact on the environment Mm -hmm. through i guess whatever actions i'm trying to improve in myself or brands that believe the same thing Mm -hmm. And if I could even work with brands who want to do better, but they don't know how, and like we can find a little something to tweak, you know, <laughs> then little yeah. nudge there yeah, for some little, of the brands, like yeah. w- without greenwashing. Yeah, yeah, I get, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's where it's at, and I'm sure it's gonna grow to be something bigger than than me. Then, so are you you're you're acting kind of like a brand or like a, a creative director of sorts, right? Like, is that yeah. was that maybe is that a term that you would use? I act like a creative director on certain projects, okay. I'd say. Yeah. Um, for my brand, I feel like I have my values. And sure. I, and it's important that the people that I work with have the same values. Mm-hmm. And I just find it's easier. Mm. Like, I have the desire to want to create. I can't create something inauthentically. Mm. It just won't. It won't work. So when did it when did it occur to you? Because you use the word my brand, mm-hmm. which, is, which is the right word, right? Yeah. Like, it's... it's it, it, means that you at some point decided i'm gonna go like i'm gonna take this professionally Mm 
and that essentially what you post is your job in a way, right? Um, when did you like start? Like, because you're, you're you're traveling, you're taking photos, you're getting validated, you're coming back, you're like, wow, these photos are amazing. But not only are you thinking that, but other people, like your family, your friends, they see the photo, they're like, my, what the fuck, Jessica? This is amazing. Like, you need to make, you know, you need mom's to do this your for number me. one fan. Yeah, yeah, sure, it starts that way, right? <laughs> yeah. It always starts that way. But then, but then other people start validating you too. Obviously, you start posting it on Instagram. People start seeing it. They're like, okay, this is beautiful can you come take photos for my bar mitzvah or whatever it is, right? Like at some point, yeah, at some point people start asking you if you can do photos for them. But you seemingly, and you kind of said this right before we hit record here, you said, well, I've never actually shot a wedding, which is something I have done a painful amount of. <laughs> um, and, and it really burnt me out as a creator. And, and at that time, really Instagram and all this stuff wasn't really a thing. Like it wasn't like, it didn't really yet exist to be an influencer in that way. It did from the perspective of being a star, like a, like a movie star, Hollywood type star, but it didn't really exist from the perspective of Instagram and making money off Instagram. And so the idea that you see it as your brand, how did that, how did that come about for you? Like, when did you realize like, Oh, people are following me and I can do this as a career. Mm, I guess it started to be my brand when I got to know myself mm. more and connect with like, okay, what do I value? What do I, how do I want to live? And whatever aligns with that pretty much. So like being outdoors more because I find there's different pillars. So wellness is one of them. Like everything I find is connected. Okay. You know, the more you, you like you do self-love, self-care, mm -hmm. the more you can like project that outwards totally and so it does help the environment you know mm -hmm. and then like the more you're outdoors the more you pay attention to nature mm -hmm. the more you're living minimally the, if you're camping you're living with nothing you have no electricity you have mm -hmm. so getting used to these things it shifts your mind in a way where you want to care more mm. and i guess that's how i became my brand because i was like okay well if it's working for me mm. and shifting my perspective then there's power here <laughs> and well, yeah, I, you know, I feel when I see your brand and I think it, you nail it correctly, the eco and wild, the mix between your kind of, your conscious of being mindful of your footprint, mindful of the fact that you have a, an amazing opportunity to go and visit some amazing places all around the globe. And then at the exact same time that you are recognizing inside of you, this is my perspective of what you're putting out there that there's some calling to this to the wild nature of nature right like there, it's like literally your experience of the animals the moon the 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 lakes the, the beautiful you know snowy mountaintop or whatever it is it feels like you're actually capturing a good amount of that essence in your content um and then your take or your character within your brand is only a part of that because I feel like part of your brand is actually just capturing the beautiful, wild, eco side of things. And then there's like your personal experience, your personal wellness yes. within that. That's how I perceive <laughs> yes, what Yes, yes, I think you nailed it. Yeah. Like the experience, yeah. And that's the storytelling. That's where the storytelling comes. Like mm -hmm. there's the photo, mm -hmm. but it's all about the build up to that photo. That's mm -hmm. the fun part. Mm -hmm. Like when f people want to Photoshop the moon or the stars and like, no, yeah. <laughs> you can't do that. You know, like 
And you start to appreciate everything. You, like, you can't always have a sunny day. Mm-hmm. And then you just work with the elements and you realize, like, on my last trip last week, it rained the entire time. Mm-hmm. But being at, like, usually if I was home, I would say, okay, I'll stay inside. I'm not going to go outside. But because I was canoe camping and then I was in a chalet um, for the, the last part of the week, we had nothing else to do. We were by the lake. We're like, okay, well, we're going to go diving anyways. Yeah, you know, so we would go outside, like it. a little bit of rain. It, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And on my canoe camping trip, there was a point where it started raining. Like you could see the wall of rain coming in, mm-hmm. and then as soon as the rain hit us, the sun came out, mm. and like the droplets of water in the forest and the light rays was just magic. It's just stuff where sometimes we're like, oh no, I'm not gonna go outside, but then you do. Mm-hmm. And you would have missed all that magic. So it's just appreciating those things. And mm. yeah, that's like my favorite part. And then you're capturing this moment just because you're outdoors. Mm. You can't fake that. <laughs> uh, you, you, you know, people love to say that. I, I think a lot of people overvalue the gear when mm. it comes to making content, right? Yeah. For me, I know that was something I felt a lot was like, oh, yeah, well, my videos aren't as good as Sam Colder's because I don't have the 1DX Mark mm-hmm. whatever one or whatever it is, or I don't have this thing, or I don't have that. I don't have that gimbal, or I don't have that FPV drone or whatever it is, right? And part of that maybe has some, it's steeped in some reality. Obviously, the more gear you have or the better quality gear, uh, the more impactful it can sometimes be to the overall story that you're telling. But gear far is far outweighed by telling really great stories and being in the right moment and seeing the beauty and being able to capture that beauty not only with the click of whatever camera you have but also within your own like your own vibe and like it sounds crazy but i i believe this more and more now two people could take the exact same picture at the exact same time of the exact same location yes but the one person who felt it like really just like, I don't know, there's something about like the feeling that gets encoded into this digital file that ends up on an SD card or whatever or compact flash is is going to go more viral or is just going to do better than the other person who is like trying to do it for Instagram or just trying to, you know, I don't know, do something as a as a as a as a means to an end, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's where the passion comes in mm. for sure. But also, it's a beautiful thing when there's two photographers taking a picture of the same moment, and it's they're both totally captured different. beautifully, but but different, different as well. Yeah, totally. I love that. Mm. I love how, like, it's a it's photography. It's something that you do alone, technically. Like, you mm-hmm. pick the button mm-hmm. by yourself, but you need people. Like, you need other photographers to bounce ideas with, and you need models, and you need subjects. Like, it's. It's like a, this ecosystem. <laughs> yeah. Well, you also need yeah. motivation sometimes, motivation, right? Like maybe one yeah. of those rainy days last week or whatever it was, you're like, ah, oh, no, like maybe we should just stay inside. And then one I of your almost canceled my, that trip. <laughs> I believe it. I almost canceled. I'm like thunder showers. They're going to make us wait at like carry the entire day. They won't make us leave. Mm. And it's that doubt that like, like it crosses your mind mm-hmm. and you can't, you can't let it. <laughs> yeah. So you decided, fuck it, I'm going. We We're- were in the rain canoeing for 11 kilometers, headwinds. Mm. Um, yeah, it was it was hilarious. Like, 
it was warm outside, so it was a little bit more enjoyable. It was actually fantastic. Like, whatever I thought in my mind, all the doubt was so wrong. Mm. Like, we stopped in the middle, like, with the rain. We're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. <laughs> we saw, like, two crows that were perched on a tree. Just, like, I've never seen them that close. Like, just, like, lovebirds, you know? Mm. Yeah, it was. I'm so happy I went. And then in those scenarios, it's not you busting out the biggest, most badass camera. Sometimes no. it's you busting out the GoPro or right. the thing that's going to survive the rain or whatever it is, right? Yeah, or just in that. Or just enjoying we just it. enjoyed it. Just yeah, enjoying we it. just enjoyed it. We took some stories and we we're like, ah, oh, this is just one of the most, like the camera is way down under the tarp. We can't grab it. It's okay. Mm. It's okay. It's in our memory, you know? Do you ever get nervous about that? Because like, you, you were were you out there doing like a uh, like a professional shoot or a shoot for a brand or for a chalet or for something like that? Yes and no. Okay. Like uh, there was uh, one brand we had to shoot for, and yeah. then the rest. I mean, I feel like every trip is like a location scout, story yes. scout. So yes. it's always technically work, but it was mostly for pleasure. Okay. Um, but no, we weren't stressed. Sometimes you get haunted by not taking the shot, right? Yes. I mean, you feel that. I- <laughs> Fully understand that feeling. Do you have a moment that you could remember that you're like, I wish I took that shot? Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have like whole trips yeah. that I was like, I can't believe I didn't bring a camera or Whoa. there's certain, certain moments where I'm like, I, I just, you know, I get lost in, um, in doing certain things and then not being able to do other things mm-hmm. like that. I think that's my, the challenge that I end up experiencing is some level of, I can lead a group and I can get a bunch of things going, but then I'm also not capable of like being behind the scenes or being a little quieter and then kind of waiting for the right moment and having a camera in my hands. And then, so sometimes what I'm doing is I'm hiring somebody else to do photos, but then all of a sudden they're not capturing the same essence that I'm looking for or feeling. And that's, that's really difficult. Like it's really difficult to meet creators that you can, that you feel like, okay, they kind of get the vibe that I'm looking for. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and sometimes they nail it. Like I've worked with tons of amazing creators that just fully nail it. Kyler behind the scenes here nails these podcasts all the time, I find. Um, so it's when you find that person, you're like, yes, I want to I be your best friend and I want to hang out with you and go on whatever trip or whatever thing. Um, it's so rare, but yes. Yeah. And I think the, the other plight that I have is um, so many people want me to kind of direct their brand or manage some of their stuff. Uh, that I don't feel like I have enough time to ever really just go on a random trip where I'm canoeing off grid for seven days. That's another thing I'll say. Lock, I feel like I need lock to, it off. I know. I feel, but I, I think I'm at like this point where, you know, you you came visit the farm where there's certain moments of my reality where there's so much dependent on me that mm-hmm. when I go and block that off, a lot of things start to kind of falter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have to do a better job of empowering other people and, and putting more power in their hands or, you know, but there's certain things that just require me. Like it just, that's just the truth of it. That makes sense. Um, and so I think there's certain moments where I have too much guilt. If like, like literally last weekend, no, not this weekend, though, just passed. The weekend before is if I went to a cottage with a bunch of friends. We had a great time. You know, we did recreational drugs allegedly um and uh, <laughs> just have to look into the camera for that one um no we had a good time right and and the point was we had a good time but it was the first week and I hadn't gone to the farm all season like literally did not go a single day how did it go I, great the, the farm is fine the, the farm is totally fine but obviously it was significantly slower and mm. and everything was just slower at that moment uh but I definitely felt a little bit of guilt I definitely felt like oh man I like I really want to go back there and do it and it's just because 
what it really is, is that I actually have just two competing passions. I have the competing passion of building something that's way long-term in this beautiful vision, but that building of that vision takes me out of the moment. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said at the beginning of the podcast where you're like, I, I'm really somebody who loves to be in the moment. And the art of photography and or videography actually really puts you in the moment. Mm -hmm. And so many people are like, why are, you, why are you holding up your picture? Why are you going to take a, watch the sunset rather than photograph it? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you don't understand. Doing that with your cell phone or Instagram stories, I hear you. Mm -hmm. Okay? To the random person who doesn't do it professionally, the random person that isn't taking beautiful shots like this one right <laughs> over here, yeah, I get it. Okay? But the point is that the... But that when you really put yourself behind the camera and you're really thinking about the angles and, okay, how straight is the horizon? What's in the you know top left of the frame? What's here? What's my subject? What, what am I feeling here? Like, or is there something, maybe I can get it this way or maybe I can get it that way. Like all of that just puts you into a flow state mm -hmm. that is unlike anything I've ever done. It's, it's my favorite form of art, period. Well said. Yeah. Flow state is definitely that. You notice these small details that you could not see with your eye. It's the zoom lens, I find. It mm. does that. I love zoom lens yeah. for that. Is that your favorite? Is it, if you had to go on a trip with a single lens, what lens are you taking? Oof. Um, I need to get more lenses, I think. Mm -hmm. Like right now, I have an 18 to 135. It's the most practical lens. Yeah. It's a travel lens. Sure. And I recently got a 23 millimeter, okay. which I, I enjoy a lot. It's great for lifestyle. And if it's nice. just the perfect amount of like... Uh, surroundings in the frame but also yeah. the subject yeah so i guess those are my two go-to's but if i were to choose like i really want to get one that zooms until 400 like a 100 to 400 mm. yeah so what are you shooting on right now <laughs> i i know the answer but for those uh, who are yeah <laughs> fujifilm Fuji xt4 mm, amazing yeah. that's an interesting i find it's such an interesting like there's not a lot of Fuji exactly. shooters. <laughs> i was like i cannot name another yeah. Fuji sh shooter yeah, yeah. It, it's a hybrid camera, so I like it for that. And it's amazing. Like, mm -hmm. every video that we've created, I say we because it's always a team effort, mm -hmm. was shot with that camera. Um, really? Yeah, even, the, even sh the, the short film for Corona, yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yes. Huh. <laughs> I would have thought it was sort of shot on, like, a Sony or something like that. I, would, I actually no. didn't really think about it, but... We got an amazing colorist, and... Mm. And we were using an Atomos Ninja, so that also helped um, tweak the, uh, <laughs> I don't want to butcher this, I'm not like the technical no, no, video person, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, so that helped a lot. And did you, so you wrote the script and obviously did the voiceover and stuff, but you wrote the script for that? Uh, so we were three people doing okay. the voiceovers and in, I, I came up with the concept and led the script, but it was really a team effort because it was um, it was supposed to be about our experience. Mm. So I really wanted everybody to feel like what they were feeling. Like I'm like, write about what you were feeling when you were on the ice. Because there was somebody who was skating and there was uh, another girl, Jenna, who was uh, with the wildlife and the mm -hmm. animals. And then I was diving. So I thought it would just be more authentic if we would like pull that out of ourselves rather than me writing for for everyone, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. So you wrote your your own I, parts. We all wrote our own parts. Mm -hmm. um, then with the intro and the outro, and I think it came together nicely. It was a challenge because we're like, how are we going to make three different stories feel like one cohesive piece mm. that are very different, mm -hmm. you know? So 
the idea was like forms of water. So we had ice, mm. snow, and water, and like liquid water. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's are things that n- no one will ever understand or get probably while watching it, but it was important to us, you know? <laughs> well, I think the person who's really paying attention starts to see these little finer details. I, cool. I think so. Cool. Like, put it this way. When you see a photo that I po- post you see it from a different lens than the average person who's watching yeah, on Instagram, without yeah, a doubt. Absolutely. Like, I wonder if anyone picked up on that, right? Absolutely. Um, so there was the forms of water that meant to connect us, and as well as the wildlife. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a moment where I'm not actually swimming with the whale, mm-hmm. but we made it look like that in editing because in Canada it's illegal to swim <laughs> with sure. whales. Um but so I share a breath with the whale and like Jenna is like face to face with this moose, mm-hmm. which by the way, cr- the craziest adventures to get these shots, mm-hmm. like just that on its own is amazing. And, um, for the skater, no, there was no, there was no wildlife in his story actually. But I find it, I mean, what I find super interesting about that is like the amount of time that it would have taken you to make that video. And, like, to go and get those shots and, like, think about it and do all those things. Like, that's not an easy, that's not an easy production. No, and to be honest, it took way longer than we thought because we had to film it in November. Mm. And do you know what November looks like? The gray and shitty. Yeah, yeah. gray and shitty. <laughs> <laughs> I live here, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm aware, yeah. I tend to leave. Yeah. You know those backpack tricks where you go to Thailand yeah, exactly. or wherever it is, oh, South yeah, Africa? Oh, yeah, you weren't even here. It's true. I, I, no, this no, this November I was here, unfortunately, but I ended up going, uh, I, well, you know, I went to Mexico for nine weeks, but um, it's, you know, every once in a while you just, yeah, I get the... November, mm-hmm. my season ends November October comes 31st. Around, you're like, okay, yeah. it's time. <laughs> I party hard on uh, on Halloween, and then the next day, I'm like, yep, it's time for me to go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we had to film a winter wonderland in November, mm. and we were literally chasing snow. Like, I have never needed to chase snow in my life. So we went all the way to Gatsby Z in the mountains, and it was snowing there. Like, mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful snow. Five degrees, really not that cold. Yeah. Um. So we pretty much stayed there, and then... We didn't have enough shots, to be honest, because, like, in one location, we couldn't do everything. Yeah. Um, so we had to go back out there and shoot. Wow. So, like, we left for two whole weeks, and it wasn't enough because of the weather. And you went back. So we came back all the way from Gatsby Z, and then we went back out to shoot. We found new locations. We had to redo a few things because they're like, where is the sun? I'm like, there's LUTs. <laughs> we can put LUTs. Um, so that was a huge challenge, like, for, for the weather. So literally, Corona was giving you feedback. Their creative department is like, well, wait a second. They're like, where's Corona? The <laughs> Corona needs some sun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wow. that's their brand, right? It is, so uh, we're like, literally, yeah. Yes. They're like, we need the water to look blue, which it will never look blue if there's no sun. Yeah. And yeah, and they're like, we need sun. So we had to go back and that's fine. Like, it, it, we, we wanted it to be the best piece that we created so we were like more than okay to go back out there and it's kind of a portfolio piece for other bigger brand deals and stuff as well yes but also the first draft i wish you you could see it the first draft to the last draft is not even the same storyline do you like the first draft better no i love the outcome uh it's just that because our storyline our concept was so dependent on wildlife Mm -hmm. we cannot predict that yeah. So the first time, like, if we don't capture the wildlife, we don't have a story, right? 
So that's how it gets changed. Mm. It really depends on like you can have the best idea if there's yeah. no moose. Like yeah. there's no story. The yeah. <laughs> so it's like really that mission to to find these these animals and it always happened to us on the last day. Like we went to a few different locations in Gaspésie and every time we had to leave we're like okay we're going one last mission this morning we're gonna go wake up for sunrise like 6 a.m. There'll be a moose right there. And every single time the, on the last day yeah we saw the moose on the last day then we when we went to Gaspé we found the whales on the last day like right before leaving our our car was packed like with all of our stuff we're driving and we just I see something and we're all like what is that in the water I'm like it's a whale they're like no it's not a whale they're like it's not possible because in November the whales are already gone they're yeah. already like going down to Dominican and stuff totally so we get to the coast and we're like freaking whale for real like damn you know and there was many of them and we stayed there just watching them all the locals who were walking by were like hey there's whales they were freaking out they've never seen whales in november before so just moments like that where you weren't expecting it mm. you really wanted it to be a part of your story and it just manifested wow and i feel like it's only because like there was so much intention put into it you know like at first we wanted to to film belugas but we ended up filming something else so well I, I admire it i i you know i think some people would see some of this that we're creating here and be like oh that looks like really difficult or i feel really shy to to i don't know step on camera and, and speak without filtering or cutting or editing a ton or whatever it is right and i actually find it um like although maybe that had takes some level of bravery for me it's my comfort zone so I find what you do and what you going out there and like saying like, hey, I'm going to go out on the shoot. We're going to shoot this video. And I have I have this concept, but I have no <laughs> idea whether I'm going to see the moose or see the whale or do the thing. Yeah. Or I don't really know how the weather's going to go. Or I'm going to climb to the top of the mountain, get there for sunrise and hope that the clouds aren't in yeah, the way. Exactly. Like that kind of thing. You know, I know so many creators that do that, that I'm just, I find that so fascinating. I find that Thank so you. much more brave than anything I do. I feel... I just wake up, I wake, you know what I mean? I just walk downstairs, all right, let's do it. You know what I mean? Like, I find, for me, I find it so easy. Um, I think what you're doing is significantly more difficult and significantly more artistic, significantly more challenging um, and more inspiring, my personal take. Well, I think what you're doing is more difficult for me That's in fair. any case. So, every yeah, everyone has their thing. Mm. And, yeah, I think what you're doing is inspiring, too. Thank you. So it was quite terrifying to get here. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. Um, I mean, speaking of, you know, inspiration and all those things, who has inspired you? I mean, you know, there must be creators that you follow. There must be other um, influencers, if you want to call them that, that have kind of like informed the way that you want to create and what you want to create in the world uh, or informed the way that they kind of carry their brand. Mm-hmm. Um is there any names that come up for you? Is there any creators that are like, yeah. that just sparked your creativity? Funny enough, uh, the people that I'm most inspired by are not creators. Okay. Um, so one of them is Shark. Well, actually she is. She's a filmmaker, Shark Girl Madison. Uh, she's really the one I, for me who, who changed the way I wanted to travel. Shark Girl Madison? Shark, shark Girl. Shark sorry, girl. Shark Girl Madison. Okay. Madison Stewart, she's a shark conservationist, and I attended one of her trips in Indonesia, and essentially, follow. I have never, <laughs> <laughs> I never thought that conservation could be so fun, 
Wow. And this is what made me really want to cheer. Like, I'm like, okay, ecotourism, it's a thing. Like, we can mm. have fun and, sh- and save sharks at the same time. And Amazing. This is a really great account. Yeah. So essentially what she does, she goes to Indonesia. There's a little uh, shark fisherman village there. Mm-hmm. And she approached them and she changed her uh, income to shark fisheries towards tourism. So she plans trips, and then, like, I attended one of the trips. Mm-hmm. Everyone can join, and essentially, we pay the Money salaries. see the sharks, or essentially... We don't even see the sharks, actually. Like, we, we swim in the waters, and maybe they're sharks, but because they're overfished, unfortunately, there's not many. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, it's really like we visit the shark market, and we see them... Mm. all lined up we see them take the sharks off the boat yeah you're seeing the impact the gruesomeness Mm. yes um but it's it's wild i think like it's really heavy to witness but it's it changes i don't know like how you see trash all over the beach it's just a different world and then like we drive a little bit and we're at our five-star resort and it's like whoa like i just witnessed two different worlds completely different yeah in a few hours so, yeah, she's super brave for doing that because it's kind of dangerous. Like, it, you're dealing with the yes. mafia, pretty much. You're dealing with a very bigger, powerful... Yeah. I mean, if you, if anybody who's watching this or <laughs> listening to this watch Seaspiracy, you kind of start to know a little bit more about the, maybe the problems that are in these different industries. Um, okay, well, that's a great one. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's my first. And then uh, women like Kimmy Warner. Okay. Um... And I'm not sure I know who Kimmy Warner Kimmy, is. Kimmy Swimmy on Instagram. Oh, Kimmy Swimmy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she's like huge, like spearfisher woman, freediver. Yes, I already She was on Fish People. Yes, 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 yes. Amazing. She's Hawaii-based. Yes. Yes, I've met, I've, I haven't met her, but I've met people who know her. Um, or maybe, did I meet her? I can't remember. Anyway, she's friends with some of my friends that are out there. So, Yeah. Great content. She also does a very, very good, good job. Yeah, and it's very raw, and yeah. I love that. Who else? Give me one uh, more name. One more. Val- Valentin Thomas. She's Quebec-based. She's also a spearfisher freediver. But then I guess the last one I, that I would say, which is all around, I feel like her content speaks to me like on a deep level where I resonate so much with. It's Chelsea Kwai. Mm. <laughs> As I, yes, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. There's no doubt. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna pull up Chelsea. Um I mean, literally Chelsea's latest video uh was a video that we shot that I helped kind of create is this any desk campaign is literally my client. The, I brokered the deal with really? Chelsea. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Amazing. quite literally. Yeah, absolutely. Um and Actually, this brings forward, and I was there when they filmed Angelita. I was there. I was also filming the behind the scenes of that and a bunch of things there. So, like, her last two videos are really videos that both both of which I was somehow involved in in some way, shape, or form. I mean, Chelsea is, uh, so I don't really know the other ones that well, so I, I can't speak to their brands. Um, I've seen some of their work and, and definitely going to check them out. Um, but Chelsea, I think, marries the, the world of being a, an amazing creator, somebody who just has, like, really good technical skill both mainly photo but also editing and different things there um not editing video but her her editing style Mm -hmm. but really it's just her storytelling is phenomenal her ability to just come off as this genuine you know joyful amazing human 
And that's exactly who she's like. Like in person, she's very, she's like, you know, the per character you see on Instagram. And, and that is super rare. Um, in some yeah. ways, I think there's a lot of people you meet on there, you follow on Instagram that when you kind of meet them in person, are maybe a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, she just does such a great job and she's so unapologetic about like her sharing her values, um, and, and bringing brands to the table and saying, Hey, we want to do something that's in line with, you know, being eco-responsible or being, you know, uh, ocean conservation or different things there. Um, which is, you know, all part of a big, um yeah i mean i you know i i definitely resonate with that i definitely resonate that with that with the farm and many of the things that i'm doing actually a campaign i want to talk to you about yes I yeah i need to hear more about it yeah well i, I put it this way i'm happy to talk about it right here <laughs> right now talk about it yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah so um you know actually i think it's very much in line with many of the, the exact creators that you just spoke about so let's Fuck it. Let's okay. just talk about it right here, right now. <laughs> business okay. meeting shit. Business meeting right in the middle of, of the well, because here's the truth. This is this is how it's this how is it's how done. the sausage is made. Yeah. Or this is how the this is how the content is created, right? So there's this brand called Dollar, Dollar Donation Club. Um, you know, for full transparency to the audience, I am an investor in this company. Um, but really I'm an investor in the impact that they're having. That's I do not believe I'm gonna make money off my investment in the company so much as I care about the fact that they want to do ocean cleanup campaigns, for example, right? So here's a campaign where for every dollar uh, that is donated, 100% of the money goes directly to the cost. So it's directly pulling ghost nets out of the ocean to save kind of the coral reef, to save wildlife, to save uh, just to you remove plastics, microplastics out of the ocean, a bunch of different things. That being said, um, they're doing these campaigns and plan on doing other campaigns for planting trees, doing a bunch of different things. So Dollar Donation Club is really an experiment in trying to do, it's almost like in the same way that crowdfunding exists for, for um, you know, raising money for a product or some new thing that somebody's launching on Kickstarter, it's the same exact thing that they want to do, but for philanthropy. And they want to make it cool, they want to make it accessible, want to make it more of like a recurring donation type basis. Um, and then their monetization models off tips. So if you love Dollar Donation Club and you're donating, let's say, a dollar a week or a dollar a month, whatever it is, um, you can also tip Dollar Donation Club, and that tip is what they use to kind of run the company. Um, they'll also do bring on some kind of uh, brand partners. So let's say Corona is like, hey, you know what? Maybe mm. we, we're feeling like we should want to remove some plastic out of the ocean. They can also donate there. They can give their version of a dollar a month uh, or a dollar a week or dollar a day. Um, and then from that, they would take a small fee just for managing those partnerships and different things. And that will keep them afloat, you know, pun intended. So <laughs> um, their mission is literally to clean up and ba- basically fund the biggest ocean cleanup projects on the planet. Uh, their mission is to plant the most amount of trees on the planet. Their mission is to essentially solve some of the biggest, um, you know, environmental challenges, literally, that our world is facing today. Um, what they need help with is to establish their brand, to make really good content. Um, they're doing a good job at making, like, very interesting, um, you know, kind of memes. They've made some of these kind of text over videos and different things here. They, they're taking nice you know, content and putting it out there. They've made some good, they definitely have some storytelling ability, Mm -hmm. but I just feel like um, making a really unique piece is something that they're kind of missing because most of their content is really like, 
voiceover with generic, I don't want to say generic, but stock kind of shots or shots that they can find on the internet. Um, and it's focused more on kind of like a Facebook, you know, you're just scrolling by and then the audience kind of sees it and it's five shocking, like just like this video, exactly. Like find uh, mind blowing facts about ocean plastic, but it's nobody really talking. It's not really a story. It's not shot for that purpose. What they want to do is kind of build more relationships with influencers uh, then, and then kind of reward them by saying, hey, you can, number one, we can pay you to do that. But number two, um, you can also build an impact family. So you can use your influence, let, let's say Chelsea would come on board, and you can show, number one, the direct dollar going to and showing the journey of, you know, hey, you donated a dollar, we got the money, we gave it to the people who went out on the trip, here's the videos of them doing that, here's how much plastic we pulled out, like, you know, all the different things that go with that. Um, but also that if Chelsea were to, let's say, share a link to uh, her audience, then she would grow her impact family. And so that it would, you'd see the impact that any one person could have and how much plastic could be cleaned by just that one person sharing and then it multiplying, multiplying, multiplying and all the things with the goal of a billion people donating a dollar or a billion mm. dollars going to these causes. That's the goal. So um, that's a not a small goal. <laughs> no, but I mean, a dollar makes it seem very attainable. I agree. I love it. I agree. Yeah. So, you know, I'm uh, not only an investor, but I'm also an advisor. And so we've got a lot of interesting things cooking up in the background. One of my roles is to go and make better content or to find influencers who can make better content. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's the pitch. Um, <laughs> I, I thought about you because I saw that what you did with Corona. Um, mm -hmm. And I just feel like, uh, you know, the story that you told about the the whether that be just the, the plastic bottle that ends up in the ocean or the story that you're telling about eco-responsibility and all of those different things fits. Um, so I do plan on reaching out to creators like Chelsea, specifically Chelsea, uh, about this project. And I've actually already told her about it, but I'm going to follow up with her soon. Um, so I think it's a good opportunity or window into multiple creators coming together to make a campaign. So... You know, I don't know if you have any ideas of what we can do. Obviously, I'm not going to put you on the spot and say, we have to script it right now. Um, no, but more so, I'm, you know, I, I really want to put this forward because I think there are brands who want to do this. They can earn a living doing it too. This company is, is in, you know, in its infancy, it's still being funded through investors and those kinds of things. So it's really not about the money it's going to make on somebody's tips on the donation. Like I said, 100% of every donation goes directly to the cause, uh, which is so unlike any charity ever. Um, so it's just, it's. I think it's, I don't know, I, I think it's very innovative. I love the brand that they have. I like the feel of the brand. Um, but I think that they need someone to help them capture of the voice. Mm -hmm. And as much as I can do that in some capacity, I actually can't. No, I'm, you don't think? I can in some ways. Mm -hmm. Like I was saying, my comfort zone is me doing this, right? Like one of the things I'm going to do is uh, we now have a connection to the the producers of Seaspiracy. So one of the things I offered is I said, look, I've got a podcast. I'm pretty decent at interviewing people. I'll interview the guy and then we'll make the, the content, right? Mm -hmm. So that I can do. That's in my wheelhouse. It's like, easy, comfortable, Kyler behind here can make me look good in the edit. Um, and, and we can do, I can do that content. I feel like I can do that pretty well. But to go out there and like write the script, shoot the video, do all that stuff, I'm, 
I mean, I kind of could do it. You know what I mean? Like, there's a part of me that, I mean, I think I'm, I'm underestimating myself. I'll say that, maybe. But I'm not nearly as comfortable, I think, as you are. I think you're, you're I put it this, I really believe you're truly I would love incredibly to, I talented. Would, thank you. I would love yeah. to do a project like this. Definitely. Yeah. And where is, where are they located? Where are they based? So they're, they're, the founder is in Austin, Texas. Okay. But really the, I believe the ocean cleanup project is coming or casting off from California. Okay. Yeah. So they have started doing cleanups. Or is it California or Hawaii? I can't remember. So they, this company or this organization has been doing cleanups for some time. Okay. But they raise money normally through donors, and then based on how much they donate, then they can kind of rent the boat or get, get the boat out there okay, and, okay. and afford essentially the time out at sea to kind of pick up those ocean plastics and, and bring them back. So we would um, have to go document that. That sounds I agree. really fun. I fully agree that documenting that exact yeah. story and seeing it come out of the ocean is going to be an important part, part of that. Yeah. Some free divers with the trash. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so I think there's like needs for telling that story without the documenting of it because absolutely we need to help get the money yeah. to go and document yeah, the amazing true. thing too. That's true. So it's it's and that's the challenge, mm-hmm. right? Like like. Okay, I don't. I invested in this company. I donate. I donate every month. Whatever. I have an impact family. That whole thing. Um, and okay, how do I use all the things that I know about storytelling, all the things I know about social media, how, all the things I know to actually do something I'm, I really deeply care about? And the reason I care about it, number one, is just how do you not doing care the about thing it? you do best, getting all the right people together. That that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's, exactly. So that's my role. My role is just being like, hey, we have this big challenge, and we need to clean up the ocean somehow. I have no fucking idea how to do that. So let's, what I could do is I'm really good though at like writing to an influencer and saying, hey, I think you're really great at what you do and, and I would love to work with you. Is there a way that this can work out? Mm-hmm. Now, whether they want to do that philanthropically and just say, hey, you know what? Sure, I'll give it a couple of shout outs or they want to get deeper involved and, and like you said, go out on a journey and, and document it. You know, where Dollar Donation Club is right now is they don't have an enormous amount of, of resource to do that, but at the same time, they don't not either. Meaning the more that we document it, the better that we tell the story, the more that people are going to want to donate, the more that they're going to have the money to do that again and again and again. And essentially a part of that, those tips essentially go back to making the next story, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it's it's really fucking difficult to it get more It sounds like it just people. needs a little push. It does. At the beginning and then the rest. We'll it does. It needs a few influencers to mm-hmm. come on and say, like, I'm really taking this on and making it happen. Mm-hmm. And it needs a couple of really good pieces of content to do that as well. Yeah. I fully agree with that. And they've got the right Facebook ads team and all the other teams to kind of keep it growing and moving. But it, they need the right asset. Yeah. They need the right story. And, and, and like, I just, that's my job is trying, well, not my job so much as it's my, it's literally one of my missions in life, I guess is to how do I support projects or movements that are bigger than me? How do I use my talent to essentially build something that is way bigger than me or to move or to create something that is way bigger than me? And that's what the farm is, mm-hmm. in my personal opinion. That's what the uh, this Ocean Cleanup and Dollar Donation Club is. That's why I tell stories. That's why I do the podcast. I can't wait to see, like, the next time you talk about this, how it's grown. Oh yeah, yeah. Awesome. I think it's growing. It's already growing. Like there's there's a bunch of stuff behind the scenes that I'm working on right now that is very massive, very very massive. We're talking about you know huge potential quantum leap into the, into uh, getting a lot of attention. Uh, so I'm working on something 
very, very, very big. Uh, big. Biggest deal of my entire career, me personally. Okay, that's exciting. Like, and I've done some pretty big deals, but but this is the biggest like thing that I've ever kind of tried to bring together. Um, and so I'm going to be doing that in partnership with Dollar Donation Club at, as well as my own self. So I'm kind of thinking about doing that. So I, I'm, I'm not going to jinx it. I don't know if it's going to happen. So I'm still in the process of that uh, actively. But the um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I deeply care about these issues. Um, and I deeply care about the challenge too. Like, mm. like on the on the holistic kind of philanthropic front, I care about cleaning up plastic in the ocean. But on the personal front, I also care about like, hey, how can I do my, like, how can I build the best possible team of superheroes that's going to make the best possible story? Or how can I find a way to mobilize millions of people to rally together to solve a problem that is way bigger than I could have solved on my own, mm -hmm. right? And so I see it as a personal challenge. Yeah. Like, doing the hard thing is always so rewarding. Totally. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited about doing the hard thing in this. And it's and it's a little confronting. Um, you know, there's some moments where I'm like, maybe we're maybe we're aiming too high, like maybe it's a little too big, you know? And then slowly That's the doubt. That's the doubt trickering, trying to get through. Right? Yeah. I mean, and, and uh, tell me about this, right? You've been out on a shoot before. You're like, I need to capture this moment. The crows are on the on the <laughs> branch over there, or the moose is right there. And then all of a sudden you take a couple of snaps and it just doesn't come in so great, right? Or there's you went out and shot all day and you kind of had some perfect moments you maybe could have captured, but you didn't. And all of a sudden that doubt creeps in. Mm. What do you do? How do you feel? How do you deal with that? Calm down. Mm. Just really like do the opposite of what your body wants to do, which is freak out, calm down. But I think for me, it's because like I practice free diving and because of that breath work and meditation. So it's like the natural instinct. Mm -hmm. It's like you're deep in the water, just calm down, you know? So mm. in any, anywhere that it's supposed to be stressful, it's like, okay, calm down. And then you just think better. So it actually happened with the moose, the white, but my white balance was completely off. Like the snow <laughs> was like fluorescent. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, every once in a while, every once in a while, you have a little bit of a tech difficulty. And, and this tech difficulty is that the iPad filled up. So we're recording because uh, we have like a little video switching system here behind the scenes. We could switch from this camera to that camera, for example. And uh, every once in a while, the iPad, it gets a little full. So uh, we had to do a little something about it. Uh, we're back at, uh, you know, we don't edit this podcast in that way. We don't, we're not censoring any part of our conversation here. Uh, Jessica was talking a little bit about, um, the feeling of, and I was asking like, how do you deal with the, you know, your inner peace essentially, right? How do you find calm within the storm that is sometimes trying to get the shop and then not knowing whether or not you're going to nail it or get it through the breath. Mm. Um, yeah. And as I was saying, it happened when we encountered the moose. So there was two male moose with antlers, which is super rare to mm -hmm. see two moose together like that. And I actually had to run between the filmmaker and the model because he couldn't shout to her to tell her what she needed to do. Mm. He couldn't say, okay, yeah. action, because it might startle them. So I was running from her to him like, okay, in five seconds, you're going to walk down. Okay. And then I'd go to him. She's ready. <laughs> and and then at a point, I kind of like ran into the wrong area that I thought. And I'm like face to face with this moose. Mm. And I'm like, this is not where I'm supposed to be. So I'm slowly backing up, like very, very slowly. And I'm like, 
but this is a beautiful moment. Like I've never, the moose was like where you are. Really? Yeah. And, and I could feel their energy and I could feel like they were very comfortable with us being there. And that's one thing I think with wildlife you have to, to pay attention to, to make sure because they could maul you mm -hmm. in, in like one second. But they were eating and they felt very comfortable. And I think that's what made me really comfortable too. Um, but yeah, and then you were saying about like capturing the moment and maybe your settings are not okay. And, mm -hmm. and that was kind of happening, but it doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to stress out. It's easier said than done. Definitely. What's your go-to? Hmm. Um, I think certain different things stress me, um, in different scenarios, like in business, the, my go-to when I get overwhelmed is my calendar. How do I go back to my calendar and just control my time? If I can start back mm -hmm. at time and then I can get back to the moment of what I'm going to be doing, not right now, but also what I'm going to do in that future moment so that I feel less stressed about it. And then I can, like, at some point, I just have to figure out what my priorities are, right? I won't be able to get everything I have on my to-do list done today, uh, nor tomorrow, nor the next day, nor ever. Um, at least in, that's my character, right? And that's, that's who I am. Um, and I identify at least with that. So, but the idea of one from a shoot perspective, mm -hmm. um, at some point I really got comfortable just trusting that whatever moment I did capture or whatever moment I didn't capture was kind of meant to mm -hmm. not be captured or meant to be captured. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I dealt with that stress or the, that, those moments through the unfortunate run of wedding videography that I was doing. Man, there's only one time that for whatever reason I lost the footage, one full camera footage of the entire ceremony where I didn't, and the second I had a backup shooter and this backup shooter did not get the kiss and I had just, I didn't have it. I, I, I had, I caught it. But for whatever reason, when I transferred over the files, they all corrupted or something happened. And, and it just, it, I could not get these files. Um, but otherwise, I, I always just kind of, I think it's like I was listening, like you just said, right? We were listening to the energy of the animals. In my case, I'm listening to the energy. Like, I don't always know exactly when a certain thing is going to happen in a ceremony. I don't always know exactly what's going to happen in a live event. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm just, it's like talent and preparation and practice meets the moment. And then I'm just willing to say, hey, I'm I'm trust myself. Yeah, I trust, trust yourself. I just trust that I'm capturing the right moment the way it needs to be. And sometimes in that perfect shot, somebody just stands up and gets right in front of the camera or somebody mm -hmm. just gets in the way. And you know, I, I always tell people like, look, I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna do everything possible to capture everything that happened, but some things, somebody just got in the way. It's out of your control. Exactly. And I think from what you were ex explaining, like it's especially with trying to get all the tasks done in the day, yeah. and that you know you you're, you won't be able to, mm -hmm. well, it's also you're overachieving, but it's a sure. good thing. It's a good thing it to, be. because you'll do more. Because if you For were sure. to probably make your schedule like with less things on it, you might accomplish it or you might do even less. A hundred percent. Yeah, I, I, I definitely value doing more in yeah, a sense. I love that, do more. But there's a, there was a kind of like a, I'm, I'm deeply inspired by Casey Neistat and what he did and, and he literally has do more tattooed on his, on his yeah, arm. Yeah, my friend has do more tattooed oh, on his, God, his chest. God, he's so amazing. <laughs> That's so amazing. Casey Neistat was such a motivating 
creator for me uh, and still is um, in many ways. But the, the, what I like and what I love is a better way of saying it. What I love about photography, what I love about videography is that sometimes I actually am not doing more. I'm just like living that moment. I think that's the, you know, every time I speak to a creator, it's like we're all addicted to that. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think you nailed it with what you said, like what you're meant to capture, you will capture. Mm -hmm. And then if not, you still have the moment. Mm -hmm. So you don't lose. Yeah. And I love that the art of photography and the art of videography is that you get to relive that moment. Mm -hmm. Because when I see a picture that I took in Brazil or I see a picture I took in Argentina or I see something I created, a video that I created years ago or whatever it is, it brings me back to that moment. But not only that moment, not only that picture, but everything that led to that moment, everything around that, who I was with, what laughs and jokes what crazy adventure i had to have like you mentioned thailand on your first trip you're like carrying the back your your luggage on top of your head and that's obviously not the best way to do it like it's that it's those little things that you don't see Mm -hmm. that are behind the scenes that are just like i deeply 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 value that uh particularly i deeply value nostalgia Mm. yeah and that's what I love that more and more people are doing behind the scenes now mm-hmm. and more raw shooting. Yes. And it, call it lifestyle, I guess. Yeah. Um, because Instagram, I find, has turned photography a little bit more towards epic. Mm. And we sometimes miss the whole story behind the photo. So to bring that in is, is happening. I see it more and more. Mm. Um, and I'm loving it. Are you, would you consider making like a BTS of some of your, of your content? I guess Instagram stories is kind of that. Instagram stories is kind of that. Yeah. You try, but it's hard. Like you need an extra person to be shooting BTS. Totally. Because like you said, you can't be doing everything. You can't be doing the BTS, the photography, the model. Then like you lose yourself. You're no longer in the moment. And that's the thing. Yeah. I find when it's starting to get in the way of like, okay, I'm not, I'm not here anymore. I need to put something down and like regroup yeah yeah i think yeah i feel the the thing that motivates me at this stage is um i'm i don't feel like i'm the best person to take the shot but i feel like i'm really good at being like the coordinator or the coach or the the person who puts the player on the ice you know and I, like i'll say this you know Right now, literally at this moment, uh, the Habs are in the Stanley Cup playoffs, for example. Okay? Yeah. And I could have been the player that's on the ice, meaning I've, I've picked up a camera and I've learned photography and videography, but I'm far from the best at it. But I do know that I'm really good at knowing who should be on the ice or I'm, I really know how to build the team. Uh, so I, maybe I'm more that's more of a general manager or a coach or whatever you want to call it, coordinator of some kind. But I know that my skills are best served in those moments and so I'm capable of dealing with a different kind of stress, which is dealing with a bunch of people or more complex situations. Um, whereas in the simplest of situations, I, it's almost like I can't, I, I almost like don't afford myself the time to do it. Um, and I feel like I, that's where I'm, when I retire <laughs> and I roll my eyes because I'm yeah. like, when am I going to retire? Yeah. Uh, but I, I do think that that will grow. I think I, I will get to that more in the, in the next, in the coming years. I think it's amazing that you know what your strengths are mm-hmm. and you play them forward. 
Mm-hmm. And to, to recognize that, not everyone could do that. Not everyone can recognize their strengths and say, okay, well, I'm not good at this. And then you find the right people who are. Yeah. And that's. And it's that's knowing what my business are That's too. how, yeah, that's yeah. how you have to move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, I felt that with Instagram, for example, to land some clients, I, like there's the, I don't have enough followers, right? Mm. That crosses your mind. And then it's the doubt and. To overcome it, I'm like, okay, well, if I don't have enough followers, like, but I can, I know what, what to create. I have a vision. I have an idea. What if I team up with someone who does have followers, mm. you know? Um, and then together, we're filling in the missing pieces. So I feel know like, your role in the yeah, ecosystem. know your role and branch out and just do it. Like, mm. don't be scared. I love that. I think there's a lot of people who are listening to this who don't have a ton of followers and who, you know, want to make amazing content, um, but they feel, uh, you know, I make the joke of it, but I call it the digital cricket, right? I, I know you don't hear it, but there's a little cricket sound. And the, because you're not wearing the headphones, but the point is um, people, you know, in all seriousness, they, they, they experience this like, I'm not enough in some way, shape or form, right? And in the world of Instagram, that, looks like I don't have enough followers. So I can't get the brand deal. I can't do whatever it is. And what I find amazing is that you don't have, I mean, look, sure, you have a, a certain amount of followers, 4,000 some odd followers yeah, or whatever 4, it is on that, on that page. I don't even have a swipe up. <laughs> sure. But you're, but you're out there making brand content deals and you're doing that with some of the biggest brands. Like Corona is not a small brand to be dealing mm. with and making content for and with, you know what I mean? And with other creators and other things. So, you know, it's not about how many followers you have it's not about what you're not good enough at. It's actually much more about what you are good enough at and what you're willing to take the risk and go and do. Um, and I think that the message you just shared of like, just go out there, do it. Like just start here, start where you are, yeah. start where, with what you know. Um, and there are brands or are people who want to team up with you and who want to work with you uh, just because of that. It's that attitude that really makes a difference. Yeah, and if you don't start, like, you're always going to grow. So you'll never feel ready if you don't start. Mm. And you won't grow if you don't and start. And you won't grow if you don't yeah. start. If it's you don't start posting. Cycle. Yeah, exactly. If you don't post, you're not, there's definitely, if you're not going to water that seed, in a sense, if you're not going to take the time to put amazing content and tell great stories and some, whatever version of storytelling you want to do, whether that be on Instagram or other platforms, by the way, too, if, unless you're willing to do it for real, um, and also not do it for the validation of how many people liked it mm-hmm. or how many people watched it. That's another thing that I struggled with deeply. Um, refresh. Yeah. Refresh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure. Yes. Absolutely. How many times I, I watched, yeah. uh, we all have some mm-hmm. of that We've in us. We've all done it. Yeah. We, I still do it yeah, in some ways. Too. You know what I mean? Like I still like look at my stories and I'm like, oh wow, this one really did really well. And the other one didn't, I don't know why. And then we're all, and it's also because there's this unknown factor which is the algorithms. Mm. Like sometimes when I start a story with a share of somebody else who tagged me, the entire series of stories that I make after that doesn't perform as well. 
Because the first story I posted was like a uh, reshare. Oh yeah, I've noticed that as well. Right? Yeah. So then you're now like, now I don't want to share. I don't want to share other people's <laughs> content, but that's horrible because I then they, they want me to share their content because they're like, oh dude, I tagged you and you're you're bigger than me, but nah, nah, nah. and it's like, oh, I, trust me, I wish I want to like I want to share your stuff, but then if I do, then I also can't get my own stuff out. So they share it at the end of your story. That's it. So yeah. now you start to do that and you figure it out. Okay, great. I'll share it at the end of my day, you know, so that I'm done my story and then I'll I'll use your story as a as a little piece of it. But the but this is all part of the, the, the game. And, and so part of that game is, is found on your own merits and your own willingness to go out there and do it. But then there's also this other, this ominous algorithm problem, I'm going to call it, because it is sometimes a problem, that makes us be beholden to like, okay, well, how many people are paying attention? How many people are doing these things? That being said, though, when you stop focusing on how many people are paying attention, you tend to get more attention. Right? Back to what I was saying about the photo. Two people the same place take the exact same photo. The one who's doing it for passion, for love, mm -hmm. for the love of the art, always outcompetes. Like in every way, that photo will somehow have just a little bit more magic. And I'm going to play that little sound effect that you love. <laughs> That's, uh, that magic sound. It has that little, you know, in French we say je ne sais quoi. It's, mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's something that is just energetically imprinted. Yeah, it's not tangible. Can exactly. feel it but we all feel it yeah we all feel it and we, somehow we in we we feel it through the screen and so does everyone on their on their iphone or their android or whatever it is but the they're they're experiencing that moment they're that passion through you and i think no matter how many followers you have right and i've interviewed and and had sitting across from me people with millions of followers and i've also had people with four thousand <laughs> some odd followers and and the same thing is true like that's what I've noticed is the, the commonality between these influencers and creators and entrepreneurs is they all just do it for the love of what they do, mm. right? Um, it's easy to get sidetracked, like you said, because sometimes you put something out there that you really love. Yeah. Let's say somebody really loves street photography. Yeah. But it's their mountain content that's getting all the likes. Mm -hmm. They really want to share the street photography it skews you a little bit. Mm. So it's stuff like that where you have to, I feel like, be careful and make sure you're sharing for you. Mm -hmm. um, but it can be difficult because the algorithm plays with your head like it that. Does. It does. Is there something that you love, and maybe we'll end the podcast here, is there something you would love to do, love to create, maybe thought about creating, or maybe you did create it, that you haven't published or that you want to go out there and mm -hmm. do? Is there an adventure that you're like, this is that that's my next adventure. That's the thing that I want to do. That's the one that scares me. That's the one that something because there's something like that's on your mind. Bucket that, list. Yeah, like almost like thing. a bucket list shot or something. Ooh. Good question. Mm. Um I I just want to shoot more underwater at the moment. Mm -hmm. And right now my bucket list shot is to capture jellyfish in Cotonou, Hargaspe Z in Quebec. Okay. So search for jellyfish and yeah, get in the water. And just go do a shoot mm -hmm. with the jellyfish. Mm -hmm. Amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah, I, I you know what I loved about meeting somebody like Chelsea uh, and Josiah and some like Sam and all those creators is um, literally right here, right now. They're on the there's a sardine run. Yeah, I saw this right? morning. Exactly. So the sardine run, for those who don't understand, is it's basically the sardines are going up 
the coast. So they're starting, let's say, in South Africa, and they're going up the, you know, the, the African coast. Um, and what that means is millions, if not billions, of sardines are kind of floating around all over the ocean, but they're all in this giant school of fish, or of sardine fish, Amazing. right? Amazing. And so what that does, it attracts whales and dolphins and, and all the other predators, let's say, of the sardines uh, that are all part of this feeding frenzy. And they're there capturing that moment. And I know what was so great is that I heard them talk about like, oh, that would be so great to do. And, and to now know, it's happening. Yeah, that this is like I was in Mexico and I heard them yeah. say it to know that they're not being paid by any brand to do that. Like maybe there's a brand that they might do uh, after or before or after, but there's no brand that said, you know what? I really need you to go out there and get mm. that sardine that sardine shot. You know what I mean? With all the whales or whatever it is. They're just going out there and doing that because that's for the love of, of what they- It feeds they, your soul. Yeah. And that's so important. Yeah. And that's, that's what we feel. That's why yeah. their photographer, that's why their snaps, their photos, their videos, it's just, it just lands different. And they took a plane mm -hmm. to be able to go on that adventure. And they're, and they're out there for both, like- you know, they, I think Chelsea or Sam or whatever, they shared that they, they were out there for six, seven hours. Wow. And they got in the water once for like maybe 30 minutes or an hour. So that's six, seven hours of them getting seasick. That's six, mm. seven hours of them not feeling great. That's six, seven hours of them not finding the sardines, not finding the whales, not finding all the things they're looking for. That's what you don't see. And yeah. like you, you I, I'm only able to speak to it because we saw one little one 15 second thing that said we were on the boat for six, seven hours. And, and, and luckily I have, you know, because we did the any desk campaign, I, I'm chatting with some of them, you know, behind the scenes on different things. So I get a little bit of an imprint of what it's actually like in some ways. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's way, there's so much more effort in it, but it's not about the shot or how many people view the video. It's actually about every, and you know, this is the most cheesy thing, but it, it really is about the journey to get it the is, shot in the first place. It really place. is. It's, it's that it's so hard. Yeah. And that's what, it, it's intriguing. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm got to say, thank you so much for taking the time to come out. Thank you so much for doing what you do. Thank you so much for documenting your authentic truth when it comes to um, being, you know, the, the, the nature side of things and then how you're navigating through all of that. I think your photography is amazing. I'm super excited to work with you on something. Same. Super excited to go out on some trip that has nothing to do with anything <laughs> uh, other than just for, to go and get that Full shot. Pleasure. Live, to live yes. the moment. Yeah, I, I would love uh, to invite you to do something like that. I would love to be invited to go and do something like that. Um, I'm certain that I will be creating with you and surely capturing some of those moments uh, alongside you in the future. No so doubt. Thank you so much for what you do. Thank you for having me here. Mm. First time. Yeah, <laughs> you did great. You did great. Yeah, it's just a conversation. Yeah, it's just a conversation, a good one. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. So uh, for anybody who's looking to follow you, any of those things, would, you know, first of all, I'll say, you know, you know this, you know, if you got all the way to the end of this podcast, <laughs> the links are down below. But if there's something specific uh, that you want them to go check out, maybe they want to go check out the Corona video uh, mm. or follow you on Instagram, all those links are down below. But is there anything else you'd want to send people to? Uh, no, there's nowhere else for now. Maybe yeah. eventually a website, but... <laughs> mm, I'm working on it, I'm working sure. Working on it. <laughs> <laughs> As any good creator would. Um, <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, you got to the end of this podcast. It means this podcast was incredibly valuable to you in some way, shape, or form because you got here to the end. So if you got to the end, then maybe, maybe, just maybe, you would hit that subscribe button. 
Maybe just maybe you hit that bell notification, the like, the comment, and all those things that we talked about because they're good for the algorithm. And they're like a simple, easy way that you can, from your chair, from your couch, or from your bed, or from wherever you're watching this on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, blah, 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 that you can help let more people see this, <laughs> uh, share it to somebody who might be interested or impacted by it. And hopefully it was inspiring to you. Leave your questions down below. We'll see you in the next episode, ladies and gents. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>